I want to share uh, with you this morning um, some thoughts that relate to the passage that Josephine just read. And if we can just get this going. Am I switched on? Uh, I hope so. Can you hear me? Let's see if I can get this. Um, I think we're there. Okay, I want to share with you this morning something I'm entitling The Blessings of Trials. Uh, I won't bow down to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. If it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. It's easy to sing, isn't it? I won't be formed by feelings. I hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Do you really mean that? Because death is just a doorway to resurrection life. And if I join you in your sufferings, then I'll join you when you rise. And when you return in glory with all the angels and saints, my heart will still be singing, my soul will be the same. Be magnified. Now, I know we all read it, we passionately sing these songs, and uh, a couple of weeks ago I was talking about the devil and how he tries to give us a bad time. Last Sunday, uh, Sandra was talking about angels, how they can be there to support us and help us and do amazing, miraculous things. So I want to share this morning something I'm calling the blessing of trials. Now, in a very weird kind of way, the Bible actually teaches us to be glad when sufferings come. Now, I say weird because it's rather counterculture. Because our approach, whenever a problem or a difficulty or suffering comes, we want to get it fixed as soon as possible. So we might be one 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 or make an appointment with the doctors if it affects our health. Or if there's some other issue, we want to get out as soon as possible. We want it fixed. We want to be free of anything that calls us to suffer. But actually, the Bible teaches us some very different things. Listen to what James says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. How many of you jump up and down and say, praise God, I've just had a thousand pounds tax bill. Listen to what Peter has to say. Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead of you, though you have to endure many trials. And he also says, be glad for the chance to suffer as Christ. And then Paul, he kind of makes it even more poignant when he says, I want to suffer with Christ, sharing in his death. I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults, hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. When I'm weak, then I am strong. Gone a bit ahead of myself. Can you identify with that? Do you like being insulted? Do you like being persecuted? Do you get excited when people tell lies about you? Well, Jesus taught all of this. 
And he simply said this, when people mock you, persecute you, and lie about you, and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers, be happy. Be glad. Oh, look, we're sad this morning. This is a bit of an ouch show, isn't it? I actually want to be happy when somebody's unkind to me. I've actually got to be glad when people at work mock me or when they tell lies about me. Very yeah, I'm glad you picked that up, Sanjay. <laughs> now, were these early Christians a bunch of masochists? Or did they understand something about suffering that you and I need to grasp? I think they understood something. And I want us just to try and understand what the Bible teaches, because the Bible clearly teaches us that suffering and trials can be a blessing as long as we have the right attitude. Now, we have riches from Josephine, the first chapter of Job. If ever a man suffered in the Bible, it was this guy, Job. And Satan was given permission by God to unleash on Job excruciating suffering. But Job didn't say, why me? He didn't say, what did I do wrong? He didn't even say, God, what are you trying to teach me? He simply says this, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, and bless the Lord. What a response. What an attitude to have. And then you also find in the early passages in the book of Genesis, the story of Joseph. Joseph was rejected by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused of rape. He was wrongfully imprisoned. But he didn't say, where are you, God? What have I done to deserve all of this? Why is everything going wrong in my life? At the end of it all, he says this, God intended it all good. When you go through a tough time, do you stop and think, well, okay, God's got a purpose in this? Often we don't immediately think that. It takes a little bit of a time for it to kind of dawn on us that maybe God has got something more for us to learn. So we need to turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, just want to read a few verses out of this passage for us. Romans 5, verse 5, 1, verse 1 through to 5. Therefore, says Paul, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing with God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how deeply God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Now here Paul is teaching three important things. 
Sanjay touched on them a few weeks ago. He's teaching us about the importance of perspective on life. In everything that we go through, whatever happens to us, we need to get a heavenly perspective. He's also teaching us that God takes us through a process because ultimately he has a purpose for each and every one of us. And those three principles are tremendously important because whenever life gets difficult and tough, whatever the cost becomes for following Jesus, however much pain we might endure for being a Christian, whatever discouragement and doubt might fill our hearts at times, we need to get a biblical perception. Nothing you ever go through will not be found in the scriptures. Others have already gone through it before you. Hebrews 11. That was an amazing group of people who still dare to trust God when everything went against them. So we need to get a perspective, but we need to understand that God needs to take us through a process. Because he has a divine purpose for each and every single one of us. You know this passage, and we know, Romans 8, 28, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The most important bit in that verse is, and we know. Do you know it? Because Paul says, we know that everything we go through, if we have a heavenly perspective, if we understand that God is taking us through a process and that he has a purpose, then we're going to cope with whatever happens. So in verse 5 of Romans 5, we just read, Paul says, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. So verse 3, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know. Let's just look at what we know, all right? First of all, we know that trials develop endurance. That's what Paul says. If you've ever run a marathon or ever engaged in some kind of tough sort of sport where you have to keep going and going and going and going, you will understand something of what endurance is all about. I remember when I ran a marathon a few years ago, I was totally spent at the end of it. I collapsed in a heap. I had given everything that my body had to give. I was wheeled off into the first day tent, and I was fully out of it for quite a while. I think Janice thought I was on my way to heaven. But I was revived with a cup of tea and a saline drip. It's amazing what it can do for you. But if you've ever gone through something like that, you understand what endurance is all about. And the Paul, Paul uses this word endurance, which literally means to bear up courageously. In other words, not to be a wimp. Christians aren't wimps, are they? Are you a wimp? No. We're the children of God. We've got a spirit within us that enables us to be courageous and to face whatever the enemy might throw against us. So Paul uses this on occasions, Colossians, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. He also says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. 
Endurance is the hard one out of this, isn't it? Paul liked using lists. He often does that throughout his writings. And then he talks about, in military terms, endure suffering with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then he also writes to Titus, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. This word Paul frequently uses throughout the New Testament, often in his lists of the qualities that should be found in someone who is a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Soldiers are taught to endure. Sanjay will tell you all about that. The year he spent in the RAF on induction until his health failed him. But boy, the stuff he had to go through, he was a much slimmer version than what he is now. Because he learned about endurance. He learned about physical fitness. You had to run with how many kilos on your back? 30 kilos on your back. That is your suitcase that you take when you go to the airport and it goes in the hole. Have that on your back and go running for a long while. They teach soldiers how to endure because a soldier who can't endure will desert his post. And Paul says, we need to be those who stand our ground. Stand your ground, he says. Why? Because we're fighting against evil powers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of the dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. In other words, you must stand firm because there's an enemy you can't see. And he's out to knock you over at every opportunity. There's a group of guys in the Old Testament. They were from the tribe of Ephraim. And we're not to be like them, because the Bible says that they were armed with bows, but when the battle started, they ran away. Bunch of cowards. That's not what we're about. Endurance means that you stand firm, you remain in your post, you continue to believe, you continue to trust God. You say, but I am still going to worship you. Even though I've had a terrible week, I am going to gather with the people of God on Sunday and I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to honor you. Jonathan read a word to us last Sunday. Starting off, lift up your hands, my people. You need to do it. Again. Some of you might struggle. But whatever's going on in our lives, Jesus is still worthy of praise. And that's what endurance is all about. That Jesus, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to believe in you. I'm still going to stand strong for you. Because you are worthy of all praise. The writer to the Hebrews says, we're not like those people who turn back and get destroyed. We will keep on having faith until we break through. Till we're saved. Jewish rabbi Abraham Heschel said that faith like Job's cannot be shaken because it's the result of having been shaken. Whenever your faith is shaken, use it to make you stronger. You only learn about faith in the valley. You never learn about faith up on the mountains. I've been to great conferences, been to Bible weeks. Wow, it's wonderful. I want to be here. They're great for patients, but they don't teach you to endure. You learn in the valley. 
and testing. And that's why trials can be a blessing to us because they develop us. So whenever hardship or challenges or trials or sufferings come your way, whatever you might be going through at this particular time in your life, remember that your faith will become stronger as you allow it to be tested and tried. It says in the book of Job, those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering, he speaks to them in their affliction. So endurance is one of the blessings of the trials that we go through in life. But another one that Paul lists for us here is that trials develop strength of character. Now, we live in a time where charisma trumps character. Our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has great charisma. And by his charisma, he won over the majority of this nation, which led to a landslide election victory in 2019. Heirs of the country that had always been Labour swung to Conservative because this man had a charisma about him that was very persuasive as he travelled up and down the country. But you and I know that in recent times, his character has been found wanting. You see, we're all drawn to charisma because charismatic people are good to be with. They, they brighten up the room. You know, they're always cracking jokes. They're always smiling. There's, there's something about them that draws them to them. But charisma without character is a recipe for disaster. Isaiah makes a very important statement. He says this, Isaiah 49.2, he says, God, you have made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in your quiver. Charisma literally means here. The charismatic movement, which I remember, Peter and Leslie were greatly transformed through it back in the dark old days when we used to play slush or whatever. Um, the charismatic movement was a renewal of the gifts of Christ to the church and the gifts of the Spirit to the church. Gifts of Christ, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the gifts of the Spirit, which we understand. But it was a renewal of the fact that we've all got gifts. We all need to use them. We are the body of Christ. And just as your natural body has different abilities, every part functions and plays an important role, so the church should be like that. And the charismatic movement was birthed out of a renewed understanding of the gifts that God gives to each and every one of us. To be charismatic literally means to have gifts of grace. Now, this picture up here, the, the arrow head, if you like, is, is represents the gift. Because that has the ability to bring change. As it strikes the target, as it cuts into whatever it's aiming at, it has the ability to change that situation. That's what the arrowhead represents. The shark here, okay, this bit, represents character. 
It's smooth, it's straight, it's highly polished. It's designed to carry the arrowhead to its target. However, if a shark is bent, it will miss the target again and again and again. Somebody with great charisma, but who has a poor character, will fail to be effective in the kingdom of God. And Paul says these trials that we go through, they are designed to strengthen and develop our characters. We can so go, our four-year-old granddaughter was learning to ride the bike in our garden. And she's doing it quite well. She's one of these sort of balance bikes that don't have pedals, but it teaches them the balance. She was getting used to lifting her legs, and she was standing down the garden. All of a sudden, there was this cry, and she was in a heap at the bottom of the garden. Her mum got up and ran to her and uh, comforted her. A bit later, she came to me and she says, Grandpa, I'm still going to keep trying. I thought that's not good. And very soon, she'll be riding like everybody else can. You see, a father who totally protects his daughter from every sort of pain, who pampers her, who carries her and protects her from all harm, never allows her to take a step on her own, that daughter will end up Because we all know we learn through pain. When you were learning to ride a bike, how many times did you fall off and bash your knees? I don't suppose there's anybody here who got on a bike for the first time in your life and you fell off But we all go through that process of falling off. It's a bit painful. Thankfully, they're just little bikes at that age, so it's not far to fall. But how do we develop through pain? Whenever we suffer something, whenever it hurts, Instead of screaming and shouting and protesting, say, hang on a minute. This actually might be teaching me something that I need to learn that will strengthen my character as a follower of Jesus Christ. James puts it like this in the Message Bible. Consider it a sheer gift, friends. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure your faith life is forced into the open, shows its true colours. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, not deficient in any way. It's good for us. Trials strengthen and develop our character. Just one final thing out of this little list of Paul's, it's very clear. We know that trials develop confident hope in our salvation. You see, God's ultimate purpose for you and for me is this, that Christ will be fully developed in your life and mine. To be a Christian comes from the Greek word Christianos, which literally means a little Christ. If you call yourself a Christian, you're literally saying, I'm a little Christ. That's the definition. That, that's the meaning. And this is God's ultimate purpose. I want you to become like my son. Paul says in Ephesians, until we all reach the stature, the maturity of Christ Jesus. 
And so God is working his purposes through us as we get his perspective on life, as we understand the process that is taking place. So his purpose is being fulfilled that we become more and more like Jesus. That doesn't happen on easy streets. Every competitor in the Commonwealth Games that have been going on the last week or more has spent countless hours training, disciplining themselves, developing their muscles and their abilities so that they can win gold. It doesn't happen overnight. But they constantly live with this hope and with this assurance that one day I'm going to make it. Peter speaks about the day when Jesus will return. He says, on that day, you will be glad. Even though you have had to go through many hard trials for a while, your faith will be like gold that has been tested in the fire. And these trials will prove that your faith is worth much, much more than gold that can be destroyed. They will show that you will be given praise and honour and glory when Jesus Christ returns. Job, speaking of gold, he says, God, when you've tested me, I will come forth as God. So I want to encourage you this morning just to think of the troubles and the difficulties, the trials and the testings that you go through as a blessing. Understand that they will develop endurance. They will strengthen and develop your character. They will build this hope stronger and stronger within your heart. Joseph, a guy who was born in Ireland in the early 1800s, he was educated at Trinity College, Dublin. He became a school teacher. He planned to settle down and was soon to marry. Unfortunately, the day before his wedding, his future wife drowned. The grief was more than Joseph could bear, so he moved to Canada to start life all over again. And whilst there in Canada, he fell in love again with a lady called Eliza Rice, and he planned on marrying her just a short time before they were to marry, Eliza became sick and she died. Joseph was only 25 years of age. From this heartache and through his faith in God, a mission was born. And Joseph took about poverty and he began to help the poor, the, the down and outs, the, the, the handicapped people in any way that he could. And for 10 years, he made himself available to come alongside those that were desperately in need in the vicinity of where he lived. Then unbelievably, heartache would strike again because his mother back in Ireland became seriously ill. And so he couldn't get the money together to go and visit her, but he wrote a poem that he thought might comfort and encourage her as she was facing the end of her life. And this is what he wrote. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. 
take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our souls share? Jesus knows our own weakness, so take it to him in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Saviour, you're still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise and forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. Whatever you're going through at this time, however tough life is, whatever relationship difficulties you're going through, whatever pain you might feel is in your heart, know that Jesus is with you. Know that he's on your prayer. Know that the purposes of God can be fulfilled as you walk the journey in those painful times. Thanks for listening. God bless you.